We're all relaxing on a Friday afternoon, the day before college football, celebrating a new commitment. Then, bam, Alan Green stepping away as Auburn's athletics director. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Auburn lands another huge commitment. We will talk about that news with Sports Illustrated's John Garcia in just a few minutes. But first things first, let's address Alan Green stepping away as Auburn Athletics Director. His contract was set to end in June, but he is stepping away five months early, went to Auburn, wanted to discuss the contract extension and what the situation was. Auburn said to hold off, and he stepped away. And just seeing, you know, there's different sides of the fan base. Some folks are saying it stinks for Auburn that he moved away and he's no longer here. And then there's other folks that say, okay, good. It was time to move on. And certainly, I think we all saw this coming. I don't think anyone was surprised by the, the final verdict, the end product. Maybe a little surprised by how quick it happened. I, I thought it would be later in the year, potentially after football season. Obviously not the case. Um, before football season, just barely, just barely. But looking at both arguments, as far as if it's good or bad for Auburn, it's so interesting to look back and say, okay, I don't know if he did a good job or, or not because he didn't have to hire a new head coach and the programs that were firing on all cylinders or ascending before he got here continued to do so. So let's look at both the good and the bad here. I think the good is optically a beautiful family I think he handled himself uh, in a professional manner. I think he was a great face for the university. And one of the most likable guys you could talk to. I, I thought he was um, he was always a total class act whenever he needed to represent Auburn in a public way. The other side of it is two of the three most successful programs on campus right now, Bruce Pro with basketball, and Butch Thompson with baseball, and then the the third most, or, or one of the top three, and you could argue is just as successful, if not more, Jeff Grabo with what the gymnastics program is doing. But the, the two bigger ones as far as revenue goes, basketball and, and baseball, those two coaches, the two most popular coaches on Auburn's campus right now, they had to go over his head to get things done. Uh Bruce Pearl then had to say, okay, I'm going to go find this rich dude uh, to go give the basketball program a lot of money to get what he was asking for. And Butch Thompson had to do a similar thing with improvements for the baseball facilities. And so just looking at all that, like that's what an athletics director is supposed to do. And it didn't really seem like he had a big part in that. It seemed like it was more the coaches running the programs themselves. And so that to me wasn't a great sign. But also, there's a lot of it. It's like, okay, yeah, you're not, 
it doesn't seem like you're doing the job, but also I don't know how much of the job he was really allowed to do, especially on the football side of it. I love that he went rogue, seemingly went rogue and brought in Brian Harson because it was a fresh hire. It, it was a new situation. They went out and, and, and got somebody that didn't have any ties to Auburn, which I think at the time we really needed. But it, it didn't really seem like he had that much power when it came to being the athletics director with football, with all the meddling from boosters and the powers that be and the board and, and all of that. But you look at all the programs at Auburn that are succeeding, which is most of them outside of football. Most of these programs are succeeding, or you can see the trajectory. Um, you know, his most recent hire with coach Johnny Harris with, with women's basketball seems to be, there's some strong proof of concept there, but like, I don't know how much of that he had to do with all of those because those programs were good. Most of them were good five years ago. Basketball's ascended, but they almost messed that up. Uh, baseball's ascended, but they've almost messed that up. And then gymnastics has ascended. And, and I don't know how much of that was him and how much of that was just getting literally the best gymnast in the world. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure there. So as much as I liked Alan Green, I'm not sure him leaving is particularly devastating to Auburn. To the argument that, oh my gosh, this is so dysfunctional because Auburn has all this turnover. How do you compete with Georgia and Alabama? Auburn has been one of the more stable schools when it comes to maintaining and holding on to an AD. Granted, it was Jay Jacobs forever, right? But still having two athletic directors in the last 15 years, I think you take that. I think that's well above average in, in the SEC, especially when there's been turnover at, you know, at Alabama. And I mean, how hard is that? I mean, they, they kind of... Um, the way that they've handled the basketball situation in Alabama has been pretty poor as far as the lack of facilities there. Georgia, yeah, they're good at football, but most of their sports they stink at. And so obviously football is king, and Alan Green and Brian Harson will always be tied to each other. And I think we'll get a verdict by the end of this year on if the Brian Harson time at Auburn is going to work or not. But as far as Alan Green goes, I, I will miss him just because I liked him. But for all the folks that are saying it's devastating to Auburn, I, I, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that at all. All right, coming up, the Quavius Sori is added to the 2023 Auburn football recruiting class, what it means, and where Auburn could go forward from here in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that could happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzz kill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and get a DUI. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
Time now for a little recruiting action amidst all this craziness. And of course, this is possible due to LinkedIn. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. John Garcia, on Friday, we heard great news from Dequavius Sori, the 6'2", 190-pound wide receiver. Look, a lot of really big schools wanted this guy. He ultimately chose Auburn over Alabama, over Florida, and over Miami. Three schools that are recruiting really, really well right now. Seems like a big win for Auburn. 100%, Zach. There's really no other way to begin to quantify it. Uh, and and talk about an athlete. How, how good is Dequavius Sori? At some of those schools that you just mentioned, he was going to be a take as a safety, purely as a safety recruit. So a, a totally intriguing two-way player to the point that every staff had their own unique evaluation and pitch to him, which probably made it hard for him to, to make the final call. Uh, but obviously Auburn's push was rewarded with his verbal commitment. And of course, he will play wide receiver uh, for Brian Harson and Ike Hilliard and company, and obviously a huge position of need, right? We, we've talked about offensive line forever, quarterback as well, but wide receiver is one that has needed an overhaul for quite some time. And now you pair Sorry with Carmelo English, who's also, you know, 6'1", 6'2", or so, and extremely yeah. productive. And now you've got the foundation for a really nice wide receiver crew because they're a little bit different. English is polished, very good after the catch, a little bit smooth, uh, crafty route runner with some good top-end speed on top of there. Sorry taller more physical probably better after the catch but a little bit more raw he's not putting yeah. the routes together we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. At the same rate, obviously plays in the panhandle against lesser competition. So a guy we're still figuring out a lot about really every single time we see him. Just kind of a football player right now. But you can mold him into the type of receiver you want to complement your Carmelo Englishes and whoever else is trotting out there on the planes in the future. And look, a Georgia legacy, right? His older brother plays linebacker at UGA. And, and it was kind of the same deal for him before he went to IMG. He was a running back. He was a linebacker. He was a safety yeah. returner. He did everything until, you know, he got to IMG and, and, and started playing linebacker and things kind of clicked. So I'm curious to see with Sori when he does focus on one position, how soon does it click? And now that raw talent and football playmaking ability can pair with some technique and some polish again on a really great frame. He's taller than big bro at six to one ninety or so with some room to fill out all that sort of stuff clicks together. And you could be looking at a potential wide receiver one down the line uh, in the sec West, which is obviously incredibly hard to find. So this, this class continues to pick up a little bit of momentum and the pieces are starting to fit the, the needs for what Auburn uh, has to put together in 2023. During the broadcast after Sori did his elaborate, put a hat on, take it off, put oh, a hat yeah. on, take it off, took him four hats to really get to where he needed to be. Auburn <laughs> fans were fine with the weight. 
Uh, I think once we kind of figured out what was happening, it's like, oh, good, it's not the Auburn hat. Oh, good, it's not the Auburn hat. The Auburn hat must be in the backpack. That's fantastic. But the um, you know, a- after we did all that, one, he said University of Auburn, which is – It's just money. It's, it's undefeated, absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and then, you know, he, he said that he really appreciated his relationship with Brian Harson. We haven't really heard that from commits. We've heard it more with the specific position coaches. Did that stand out to you at all, or was it just him kind of being excited and in the moment? It could be both. You know, I, I think, you know, we, we haven't heard a lot about Harson recruiting one-on-one with particular players. But, look, this is maybe the time of year where that's going to start to change. And I think that's a good sign uh, for AU, not UA, but AU faithful yes. because, yeah, now now maybe he is feeling like, hey, I, I, I feel pressure to get more involved and, and maybe to help close out some of these recruitments. That's what you want to see idealistically – in an entire span of a recruiting class. And when you're, when you're in a highly contested, look, that battle was two, three weeks ago. It was like, Hey, he's going to go to Florida and play safety. I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, Auburn's making a push. Well, he's going to play receiver at Auburn. Like, well, well, this kid must, must be spinning. So any clarity he gained from Brian Harson in that part of the discussion to me says a lot uh, because clearly things were, were reliant on communication. He, he had gotten banged up. He wasn't able to travel. didn't finish out his seven-on-seven seven slate as well. And then, look, it's hard to get from the panhandle to just about anywhere, even in SEC country. So right. this isn't a well-traveled recruit who has been to all these schools and taken five official visits. So he becomes almost a 2020 type of recruit in that COVID year where you are relying on the communication. You're relying on that contact with whoever is recruiting you. So for him to single out Brian Harson primarily – I thought said a lot because that was the type of adjustment you needed to make to win this recruitment. It wasn't about the visit and the food and all that stuff that sometimes gets in the way of, of ball and academics and what the, a school wants to sell you. It was about communication and a clear plan. And that was the other part of it that I took away from his comments was because a legit two-way recruit who was re- being recruited to play safety and receiver, God knows what he was hearing about the plans, you know, and maybe a lot of the plans were, Hey, you're a great athlete, come here and we'll figure it out. That works for some kids, but for the other group, it doesn't. I need clarity. I need exactly what you want out of me. And Brian Harson communicating the offensive side of it fittingly as, the, as an offensive-minded head coach paired with Ike Hilliard at receiver with the position of need, all of that lined up really well uh, for Auburn. So if, if he could be anything like the last panhandle receiver, Eli Stove, who, who played there, uh, I think uh, the, the blue and orange faithful will be happy up there. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely take another Eli Stove in, in a heartbeat for sure. So looking at where other outlets kind of have Auburn ranked now as a class, I think one on three has them uh, in top 40, 247 now has them at like 58, something like that. But their average player ranking is really, really good. It's top 20 pretty much across the board. Is that okay? Is that fine? Or at this point, it's like, no, we <laughs> we, we need to see more recruits at this point. It, it, it both can be true. Look, it's it's you've got eight commits right now, so you want to focus on the quality, right? I mean, I believe, what, are they all blue chips at this point? Maybe J.C. Hart is still, uh, still yep. climbing uh, to a degree as folks just learn who he is on the front end of this, uh, you know, pre-summer uh concept but yeah I, I do think that you, there's still the need for volume but there's still a lot ahead for this class obviously we know 
there's going to be a huge trench focus going forward, particularly on the offensive line. There are, are, are some back seven players that are still up for grabs that Auburn is, is going to contend for uh, here down the line. So, look, it's it's going to be a, a class that hits double digits. We've talked about the need to get it to the season. It's one of the programs, I think, if you had to rank them, and maybe this is a story idea as I speak it, uh, you had to rank the teams that have to show something on the field to have it reciprocated in recruiting. Yeah, I, I think Auburn is what top two or three in the country in that category because there are so many questions, and we've got more now with an, an AD search that's also uh, about to happen. Uh, at the top, there's so many questions with what Auburn is doing that the on-field product is going to be so important to that perception. So a lot of kids, you got to imagine, are just in wait-and-see mode with the Tigers. Uh, so I do think you need more volume, but that is on the way. But in the meantime, you still want to have quality players and interesting pickups uh, against your rivals. And this this exemplifies that in more than one way. Before I let you go, John, um, everybody wants me to ask you about offensive linemen, obviously. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> any, uh, any kids playing offensive line in Alabama, Georgia, or Florida, or Mississippi that, that Auburn's going after right now that you feel like, hey, maybe there's a chance here? Well, look, you're still in the running to flip Bo Hughley. I think that's something we talked about for, for quite a while. That is still yeah. something my Georgia contacts are, are tracking at, at a relatively consistent rate. So that is still a high possibility. DJ Chester continues to take visits to the Plains, another kid from the state of Georgia. So he's worthy of, of keeping an eye on. You just recently offered a kid down in my neck of the woods, Lakeland, Florida, uh, Janoris Wilson, who's one of those. He's transferred in. Not a lot of people know about him, so he's one to keep an eye on. Um, Isaiah Robinson from Texas, the Baylor commitment. Uh, Auburn sent him an edit he put out yesterday, and a lot of folks were creating conversation around that. So if he opens the door just a little bit, maybe that becomes a, a bit of, of a flip candidate there. And I think if, if you stay um, within state lines and closer to home, Bison Lang is one to keep an eye on. A Montgomery kid, Pike Road High School, uh, outside of Montgomery. He's one that Auburn has been kind of up and down with during the recruiting process. Uh, and he could be a tackle guard swing type. So he's one that maybe if Auburn hits the gas for, he becomes a little bit more of a factor. So there are still certain or certainly still some offensive linemen on the board for the Tigers. But yeah, Braden Joyner can't be alone in this thing. You've got to start adding uh, to that haul. But I do believe there are some some candidates out there. And again, the season is here finally. So now some of those guys will inevitably play their way into SEC and eventually Auburn consideration. John Garcia, thank you so much for your time. As always, my friend, how can people follow along with everything you got going on? And of course, read all of your great content. Yeah, real simple, si.com slash college or bug us on Twitter at John Garcia underscore JR. Absolutely. Hey, hope you guys enjoyed this special Saturday show. We'll be back tomorrow for a little morning after talking about that open scrimmage because that's what people want to hear about right now. Not recruiting, not the athletic director search. We're still talking football here. <laughs> Unlocked on Auburn. We'll see you tomorrow.